Welcome to the Weave Podcast. My name is Sarah Resnick, and I'm the host of this podcast and the owner of the online weaving yarn shop, Just Yarn and Fiber. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for your generous gifts last week to support this podcast. I so appreciate them, and we will put them to great use creating more episodes for you. If you'd like to donate, you can go to www.gistyarn.com slash podcast and click on the donate button. That's G-I-S-T-Y-A-R-N dot com. This week's podcast episode is sponsored by Norma Schieffer and the Oaxaca Cultural Navigator. Norma invites you to join her for the 2019 Oaxaca Textile Study Tour on the Pacific Coast from January 11th to 21st, 2019. Here you will meet makers, explore the textile culture, visit backstrap loom weaving villages, investigate how natural dyes, cochineal, indigo, and purple snail color native cotton. Escape winter, enjoy local cuisine, relax at the beach, and discover Oaxaca, Mexico. You can find out more at oaxacaculture.com, which is linked to in the show notes, and you'll get a chance to hear a bit more about this journey and hear from Norma herself at the end of this episode. And now, on to the podcast. This week, I'm talking to Patrice Perilli and weavers from the Tishinda Dreamweavers Cooperative. The Tishinda Dreamweavers Cooperative is a cooperative of dyers, spinners, and weavers in Oaxaca, Mexico, who work together to create and sell their work. And Patrice Perilli is an immigration attorney who works on this with them. I'm so glad to be having you on the podcast today, and I'm wondering if you could start out by introducing yourself and sharing where you're from and when you first started weaving. Okay, I am not a weaver, but my name is Patrice Perilli, and I'm an immigrants' rights attorney, and I have been working with the Tashinda Cooperative, a cooperative of mixed-tech women weavers from the town of Pinotepa de Don Luis on the coast of Oaxaca, for about 12 years now, this is a reverse migration project of my immigration law firm. When they met me, they wanted me to help them go to the U.S. And when I saw the beautiful work that they did, I said, absolutely not. I'm going to help you stay in Mexico doing what you should be doing. And since then, we've been working together, putting on shows, visiting different international folk art markets like the one in Santa Fe, and uh, basically developing a product line that we hope we can continue to sell abroad as well as respecting their traditional weavings, which are the clothing that they wear. That's great. And um, and who's there with you? Can you introduce me to her? Yes, with me today is Amada Sanchez Cruz. She is the representative of the Tishinda Weaving Cooperative. Hello. Hola. Hola. Mi nombre es Amada Sanchez Cruz, representante del grupo Tishinda. So she just introduced herself and said she was a representative of the Tishinda Cooperative. When did you first learn to weave? How did you learn to weave? Cuando aprendió a tejer. Desde niña, porque mi mamá y mis abuelas nos enseñó. Desde tenía yo 12 años. Since she was about 12 years old, her mother and her grandmother showed her how to weave. What what are the parts of the weaving process that you love doing the most? ¿Qué parte del proceso de tejer te gusta más? Este, los blusones y los enredos tradicionales también. She likes to make their traditional blouses and also their traditional wraparound skirts. And can you tell me what is the Tishinda Dreamworkers Cooperative? Like how many people are in it? Um, what does Tishinda mean? And, and why did you decide to work together like that? 
¿Qué quiere decir Tishinda? Es el color morado del caracol en Mixteco. So Tishinda, Amara just told you, is uh, the Mixtec word for an endangered sea snail from which they extract a sacred purple dye that they use in their weavings. There are only 15 men left on earth who still know how to milk this endangered sea snail and extract this dye. And we're struggling right now to rescue this um, this ancient, ancient dyed process so that we can keep it alive for future generations. So I work with both the Tashinda Weaving and the Tashinda Dyeing Cooperatives. And I have, like I said, I've been doing so for about 12 years. Mexican Dream Weavers is the name of my nonprofit organization. All donations are tax deductible that goes to support the work with these two cooperatives. Can you tell me some more about the, the dyeing material? What, what, what is that and, and how are you working to save it? Okay, so uh, this is the last group of weavers in Mexico who grow their own cotton. They grow a white, a brown, and a green native cotton called coyuchi. They also uh, use natural dyes, indigo, red cochinilla, but their real claim to fame is the purple dye called tishinda, which uh, is a very dangerous process. What, they, what the men do is since they're young boys, they go down to the seashore and extract, uh, without killing it, uh, this female matriarchal snail, and they actually blow on her. They're carrying a skein of cotton that they've grown that their women have spun with drop spindles, and they blow on her. She gives off her urine, then she gives off her dye, and they put it right on the skein of cotton. It starts out clear, then it turns yellow, then it turns green, then it turns purple. When it finally dries, there's no mordants, no fixatives. They have specimens that are thousands of years old that haven't faded. So it's a very rare dye. And as I said, these are the last people on earth who are still doing it. And it's the cultural patrimony of the Mixtec people of this town. Hmm. That sounds really very beautiful. And very beautiful. Yeah. Can can you and Amara tell me more about the cooperative? How many people are in it and what does it mean that you're a cooperative together? There's sixty women weavers. So she says we're an organization, we're the 60 women and we're united. Hmm. And and where do you sell your weaving and work to? How do how do you find people to be your customers? ¿Cómo se vende el trabajo? Los, ¿Cómo se vende sus obras? Y de lo que yo vendo. Sí. O sea, cada quien nos da la prenda y así. Y tú, pero ¿dónde buscas a vender? Aquí. O sea, busco en cualquier lugar, pues aquí en Oaxaca, en México, o si, si es posible, hasta, hasta queremos, pues. A los a Estados, Estados Unidos. Unidos. So she says, basically, Mara has a very special role in this cooperative. She was widowed, young, and didn't have any children. So there's no husband to tell her she can't go out into the world. And she also reads and writes, which is rare in their town. And she also speaks Spanish, which is also rare. They mostly speak mixed tech. So she is sort of the representative that collects pieces from other weavers and takes them to different shows. She comes to Oaxaca. Today we're talking to you from San Pablo Cultural Center in the city of Oaxaca, where they're teaching a weaving and spinning workshop next door at the textile museum. But in during the off hours, they're uh, next door at the 
this beautiful cultural center selling their pieces to the public. We take them to shows. I've taken them to the New York Botanical Garden, to the International Folk Art Market in, in Santa Fe. And uh, many, we try to get them into many shows. But if you have anybody who wants to invite us, we're accepting invitations. Um, this past year, we were able to get them all 10-year visas. So now they can travel uh, wherever they're invited to go in the United States. That's really exciting. Both of you shared a little about the dyeing process. Can you share a little more about the spinning and weaving processes? Where, where do you get the wool for spinning? What kind of looms are you working on? I think people would love to hear that. Okay. Ella quiere saber uh, un poco más del, del trabajo de hilar mm -hmm. y tejer. Mm -hmm. ¿De dónde sacan su hilo? Uh, pues este, el grupo del tintorero nos este, los tiñe lo del tinte de caracol púrpura y nosotros sembramos el algodón so they actually grow their own cotton, and then they harvest it, and they prepare it by spinning it on a drop spindle. And then it's taken to be dyed purple by the men or other women in the town who dye it with the indigo or the red that comes from the um, beetle that lives on the nopal cactus, the cochinilla. But they grow it, and they spin it, and it's all cotton. They only work in cotton because it's a coastal town, very hot where we live. <laughs> I see. I see. Only cotton. And do, does everybody in your cooperative learn to do every step of the process or do different ones of you specialize in different kinds, you know, the growing or the dyeing or the spinning or the weaving? ¿Y todos los miembros de la cooperativa hacen todo el proceso o algunos se dedican a cultivar, otros a hilar, otros a tejer, otros a teñir? Este, todo, este, hay las que, este, hilan. Y aparte, como son muchos procesos, hay algunas que urden, o sea, urdir, la otra teje y la otra se lo une. So there is a little bit of a specialization. They do all, um, can do most of the process. There's less people today spinning with the drop spindle, but uh, that's mostly the older women. The young women don't seem to want to learn to spin as much as before, but they all can do it. And they all, some of them are specialists, though, in setting up the loom. Others, it's a backstrap loom that they use. Others are, uh, do more of the, um, they take the pieces and sew them together. So they're better embroiderers, I would call them. Or uh, they use crochet as a way to unite their pieces to make um, a, a garment, which we call a weepio, which is three pieces that are woven together and then sewn together. And how do you decide which colors and designs to weave? Is it up to each person what's in their heart or are there specific designs that you're weaving? ¿Y cómo deciden qué colores y qué diseños van a tejer? Uh, es que ¿Cada uno? Cada uno y luego, este, como son tradicional, ya sabemos este, cuál, qué color le con, combina con lo que vamos a hacer. So every woman gets to decide what she wants to do on her own, but they're usually using traditional designs that they have woven for millions of years, in thousands of years. Uh, they, some of the designs are uh, the two-headed turkey, which is the yin and yang of the Mixtec people. And the other designs are scorpions, uh, the women's of the weaving cooperative holding hands, stars, mountain corn, climbing up the mountain. Those are the names of some of the traditional designs. But each woman can choose her own colors, choose her own pattern, and decide how she wants to make it. That's great. Patrice, can you tell me a little bit more about your own background? You you mentioned at the beginning that you're an immigration lawyer and that um, this is this is a different kind of project for you. What is it that makes you so excited and passionate to be doing this? Well, I'm, I've lived in the coast of Oaxaca for over 30 years, but I've only met these weavers about 
12 years ago. And like I said, things were going very bad in Oaxaca. There was no tourism because of some of the problems in, in Oaxaca. And they had no place to sell. And they were all going to go to the U.S. and become, you know, house cleaners and dishwashers. And I said, absolutely not. So I began to a project called Mexican Dreamweavers, which is an all-volunteer project. And we organize a big sale the third Sunday of January every year in Puerto Escondido, Oaxaca, a beautiful beach town, a great place to come. And the third Sunday of January every year, we have a major uh, weaving exhibition and sale featuring these weavers and other artisans from the Oaxaca area. And this is our 10th year. We invite you all to come. It's a, on January 20th. You can find all the information on our Facebook page, which is Mexican Dreamweavers. And um, that's what we've been doing to try to keep them here because our greatest fear is that they'll all migrate to the U.S. and become dishwashers and house cleaners. And it would be a tragic loss for humankind, but particularly Mexico. Yeah, absolutely. Is, is, it, is it working well? Have you been able to generate enough income with the weavers that you're working with that people are able to make it and to stay? Yes. So far, all the women of the Tashinda Weaving Cooperative are still here in their town and still working. And a couple of them have come back from the U.S. So we're starting now to see, I don't know if they're coming because we offer them work or they're just coming because the situation for immigrants is so difficult under this administration. But for whatever reason, when they come back, we try to incorporate them back into their traditional uh, you know, culture so that they can, in fact, some of them come back with skills that really make our job easier because they can use computers and they can speak even a little English, which makes it easier for us to do our work. And are there any ways for people who are listening this and are interested in your work to purchase if they are not able to go to Mexico or is it only if people can come in person? Yes, no, you can purchase by going to our Facebook page, Mexican Dreamweavers. I don't post prices there, but I post photos. And then you just private message me, and I'll send you the pricing. You can special order a piece to your exact design and size. You know, we'll, we love to do special orders. So just contact me through our Mexican Dreamweaver Facebook page. Private message me there, and um, we can help you purchase whatever you need. Great. Well, I will I will link to your Facebook page and your website in the show notes to this episode so people can go to it easily and also put up some photos so people can see some of what you're talking to. Um, is, is there anything else that either of you would like to add or any advice that you would want to share for other weavers out there? Yeah. What Amada said, it wasn't as much of advice, but she says she hopes that all of your listeners will invite us to come to their towns and we'll weave and spin and teach them and uh, sell to them. Yes, absolutely. I hope that does too. And some really great connections have happened. There's there's about 3,000 people all over the world that are listening to this podcast. And I hope that people reach out to you from that and that there are new opportunities for you. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you so much, Sarah. This episode is generously sponsored by Norma Schaefer, the founder of Oaxaca Cultural Navigator. Early listeners of the podcast will remember episode number two, where I talked to Omar Chavez Santiago from Teotitlan del Val in Oaxaca, Mexico. Norma and her company, Oaxaca Cultural Navigator, was the reason I was able to connect with and learn from Omar and his family. And I'm so pleased to have her on to share about an upcoming trip that you can take to meet with master textile dyers and weavers in Mexico in January 2019. Hi, Norma. Hi. Hi, Sarah. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself and why you started your company, Oaxaca Cultural Navigator? 
Yes, I've always been interested in textiles. I grew up being a sewer and became a knitter and then a weaver and then a dyer. And I've always been a maker of something. And I've always um, collected textiles throughout my life. I spent my professional career as a university administrator for 30 years and was able to travel all over the world and landed in Oaxaca 13 years ago. And in 2007, I started offering workshops and expeditions. And I understand you have a trip coming up in January. Can you tell people about it? Yes, the January trip is uh, the 11th, January 11th to the 21st. And it's the Oaxaca Costa Chica Textile Study Tour. Coming from University World, it's important for me to go deep into the cultural history and cultural heritage of people here in Mexico. And what we do is we start and end in the Pacific coastal town of Puerto Escondido, which is the southern end of what's called the Costa Chica. And we go deep into the culture by studying natural dyes, including cochineal, indigo, and the purple snail. We explore and meet people who work on the backstrap loom, the ancient pre-Hispanic weaving technique here in Mexico. We see the women working with hand spinning using the drop spindle called the malacate. And we investigate pre-Hispanic native cotton. Many people don't know that uh, cotton grows naturally here in Oaxaca in the highlands uh, in colors of green, coyuchi brown, and cream. And they're very rare and they're included in many of the beautiful uh, huipiles or dresses, blouses that are handmade in the region. So we visit five remote mountain villages we travel with a noted cultural anthropologist who's been working in the region for 15 years. And then we end at the Dreamweavers Tashinda textile show and sale at the Hotel Santa Fe in Puerto Escondido. I think it's really important for people to know that to meet the makers where they live and work is just an extraordinary and special experience. And it's also important when we can to purchase directly from the people who create the piece. And that way we're supporting artisans, families, and communities to preserve their cultural heritage. And it gives us a chance to understand and appreciate the time and talent it takes to make a thing of beauty by hand. So my goal has always been to educate visitors about the richness of Mexico and to dispel any stereotypes that any of us may have had hearing selected media in the USA. And where can people go to learn more or to sign up for this trip? 
They can contact me directly by sending me an email at norma.shafer, that's S-C-H-A-F-E-R, at icloud.com, or they can find out more at my website, oaxacaculture.com. I write a regular blog called Oaxaca Cultural Navigator and talk about textiles, artisanry, people, life, food, events, just anything you can think of, including what it's like to be a foreigner living in Teotitlan del Valle, Oaxaca, and to explore the region. And if people are intrigued, but they're not available to come on this trip, is that website also where they can learn about other opportunities for learning or traveling with you? Yes, indeed. Um, I run three major uh, textile-based trips every winter, a great time to escape northern climate. And also I do one-day textile study tours here in Oaxaca City, the Valley of Oaxaca, and introduce people to learning more about weaving and natural dyeing. Great, and I will link to your email address and to your website in the show notes so that people can easily find you. Thanks so much, Norma. It's great to talk to you. Thank you, Sarah. I appreciate it. That's a wrap. You can see photos of the Tashinda Dreamweavers and their beautiful work in our show notes at www.gistyarn.com episode hyphen 30. And you can also find a link to their Facebook page if you'd like to follow along with their work. That's G-I-S-T-Y-A-R-N dot com slash episode 30. Next week on the podcast, I'm talking to Angela Laswell-Smith, the founder and owner of Pearl and Loop. We talk about how Angela started manufacturing looms and other tools for weavers designed to help people swatch easily. It's a great conversation that you won't want to miss. So tune in next Monday. And until next time, happy weaving. <laughs>